Welcome back to another episode of Life in the Urban City podcast. I'm your host, Paul Hudak, joined with, again, our Executive Director, Eric Vasquez. And today we have a special guest, um, one of our nonprofit apprentice, Josie Ramirez. Um, Josie, can you just give a quick little introduction who you are, your role at the organization, and how your week's been? Um, hi, my name is Josie. Um, my week has been pretty good, kind of busy, staying, um, trying to stay alive, you know, out here in the struggle. Um, I've been going to school, and summer school's been fun. It's almost over. Where do you go to school? How Poly Pomona. And what are you studying? Uh, sociology, with the social work emphasis. Awesome, so you're doing some social work stuff. And um, what what's your role here at Justice for Youth? Um, I am the nonprofit apprentice. Okay, and what do you do in that position? I do a lot of different things, but mainly just shadow um, our executive director, Eric, and some of our programs that we have here, and um, I'm learning a lot of new and exciting things. Awesome. Thanks, Josie, for sharing that. Eric, so catch us up. It's been a little while since you've been on the podcast. Just share what's been going on, things you've been dealing with. Yeah, what's up, everybody? Uh, things have been good. Things have been busy. Um, I get a, uh, the blessing of working like at an executive level here in the, in the organization, you know, just making sure, uh, I, I work well with community stakeholders, with our board of directors, um, with our director of operations, our, pro- our program supervisors, HR manager, just making sure the ship's going smooth. And then also, um, Making sure, you know, the organization remains sustainable. And um, also, I still work with youth, man. Like, you know, working in the game this long, you just, you ride with them, you accompany them. So uh, I think everybody who's been following our work, they know that we've lost a lot of young people um, mm. in the year, year and a half since COVID. This morning, actually, I attended a 22-year-old's funeral um, and conducted a portion of it here in Pomona. So... It's been rough, man. It's been a rough year. I'm also getting back off of a little Sabbath rest, a little uh, vacation, and then heading out again for a nice little time away because I've been grinding and just uh, really need to take care of myself. But I'm glad that Josie's here because I want to engage her a little bit in our story. And for those of you you, you, worth, uh, you youth workers who are listening, I think these kinds of relationships and um, long-term uh, relationships are what makes the work worth it. So Josie, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about like how we met, um, take us back, like what was life like then, were, what were some of the bumps along the road, what were some of the joys along the road, and lead us into like how you got into this place, this position, and tell them a little bit about your role. Oh uh, yeah, so um, when I started high school at Pomona High School here, um, I... It was kind of good at first, but then I started getting into a lot of trouble, um, arguing with teachers, um, getting kicked out of class almost every day, um, and ditching a lot, just constantly getting in trouble. Um, they used to have me go to this, like, room called ALC with this, like, giant scary man, and he would just sit there and watch us while we sat on our phones or doodled or read a book or whatever, um, to just kind of keep us somewhere. Um, after a while, when they brought Justice for Youth onto our campus, they um, the school was requiring me to attend their circles um, and be a part of their program. And um, 
I was very um, defiant at first. I didn't want to be a part of it because, again, it was... I went from a big scary man trying to talk to me to uh, not so big, but also scary man trying to talk to me. So um, it was Josie's taller than me, guys. <laughs> it was a it was a shift. So um, I had other mentors there, um, um, like Sister Charlotte and um, Ines, and slowly but surely, after um, many arguments and fights, I started to attend the circles and just kind of work the program. Um, I built a really a uh, good relationship with my mentor Eric and um, his family like basically adopted me and started becoming like the number one babysitter. Now I'm their house sitter. If they get, if they get a dog, I'll be their dog sitter. Nope, you they were happy. <laughs> so, um, well, I have a question, Josie. So, what made you decide to finally open up and like you know what? Like I'm just gonna work this program versus being defiant. I've been in for the past six months or so. Yeah, I think it had to do with a lot of. I finally like found people who. Um, cared about me and um, wanted to just do life with me. Um, it was something that were like, oh, we're here for the long term and we're ride and die. So um, it was something that I wasn't familiar with um, and pe these people wanted to see me do good in life and yeah, so. Well, well weren't you familiar with? People who were going to be there for, for everything or people who were there with good intentions versus bad intentions? Um, yeah, with good intentions versus bad intentions. Um, they just wanted me. They wanted to see me do good in life, and I wasn't used to that, or didn't know that. And how did it make you feel when they truly showed to you that they meant good and they wanted the best for you? Because you said it was like a little awkward and weren't really used to it. Um, yeah, it was really weird at first. Um, again, I didn't know what kind of program this was or what kind of like what was what was I getting myself into, but. Um, how did it feel? It felt, yeah, it felt good to have someone who, like, you know, called you Miha or um, loved you and kind of just walked through life with you. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that, Josie. Um, I do want to jump in here yeah, and say, for like, it. for the listeners, Josie and I have literally had some knockdown, <laughs> drag out, like, yelling matches, man. Like, She'd get crazy with me. I, at one point, you know, would flip my lid because I'm not going to be letting nobody talk to me like that, bro. You know, so we'd be, like, I'm not even playing. We were in our classroom, like, yelling at each other. She's cussing me up the wall, like, and I'm, and I, I remember saying things like, this sounds like, I don't want to over-dramatize, but, like, this was legitimate. I was like, I would say things like, I don't care. Like, how mad you get at me, I ain't going no more. We ain't going nowhere. You, you're trying to push me away, but you ain't going to push me away, fool. Like, go ahead, yell at me all you want, cuss at me all you want. So get it out, and I would say things like that. Mm -hmm. And i say, all right, you ready to talk? You know, and then we'd sit, and, you know, it'd be good. Or maybe it would take a few days, but and, and later in the development of our relationship, sometimes it would take a few months because what we've struggled with, both Josie and I, we've grown up in families that don't show a lot of affection. So it's hard for us to say things like, oh, well, you're important to me and I don't want to lose this relationship. So can we meet and talk and just get through this? You know, like that's not our DNA. So we'd be staying mad at each other or or I'd or she'd be mad at one another without us knowing it even because like we're just not talking. But uh, we've even had times in my home where like we've had to reconcile later in her life and 
and just say like, dude, my bad. I've been busy. I haven't been reaching out to you. Like life's got me a little down, you know, and vice versa. I would tell her things like, if you value this relationship, like you got to hit me up too, man. Like it's got to be two sided, you know, it can't always just be one person hitting you up. So we've been through it. And, uh, I think now how long has it been that since your freshman year? Like six years? Six years, yeah. And I always tell youngsters this, and she knows I mean this now, but, like, as long as she'll have me in her life, like, we're here, you know? And I know she's got us, too. So, yeah, but I, I want to shift gears, Paul, and maybe you can talk to the listeners about the nonprofit uh, program more specifically and why you, as an operations perspective, wanted to really bring in people and give them an intensive experience yeah something that we've always talked about is like how do we develop next generation leaders how do we get people to continue our work that we started when we no longer could do it um and eric and i have been battling about it for probably about a year or two years of like what does it look like because once kids graduate for a while they kind of just like disappeared they went to college they did their thing um and like for Josie, that's what, what happened to her. She kind of disappeared for a year or so. And then we got reconnected with her and she came back and was, you know, <clears throat> interested in working with us. We wanted to hire her. And like we, Eric was like, we need to do more than just, you know, a basic mentor. Like there's something we got to do more. And for me, I've always thought about like, what would it look like if we could take justice for youth anywhere else in the United States, anywhere else in, in outside of where we are here locally in LA County. Um, and we, we've been talking about it, talking about it. And we came to this idea and this, this like how dope would it be if we could train someone uh, kind of like missionary work, right? Where they're just being, they, they learn the language, they learn the culture, they learn the programs, they learn all this stuff. So once they're ready and they feel they know which area that they want to move to and be a part of, they could just uplift and move and go there and run. Um, and so we're like, all right, that sounds dope. What, what does that look like? And we actually created this nonprofit apprentice, which Josie is now. And it's a, it's a two-year program where we, we go intense and literally on how to start your own nonprofit, start your own business and run it and be successful at it. Um, and I think one thing that helps me and Eric a lot is that we would love Josie to stay with us forever. But we know that's not our decision. That's hers. And that doesn't stop us from building her up. And I think that's what kind of helps us a lot. It's like, I'm not afraid if after two years, Josie's like, thank you for this. I'm, I'm going to do my own thing. I wash my hands. I know it's like, we did everything we can. We trained her. We helped her up. And we know whether or not it has the name Justice for Youth, it's going to be impactful. And I think that is the starting point of developing these next-gen leaders and I think the hard thing for a lot of people is knowing that it's okay that they don't carry your name um, and letting, letting them do what they want to do and what they feel called to do, but empowering them to do it. Yeah, I think it'd be cool for people who are listening for you to maybe bounce down some of the things that we teach and share. Um, and even though Paul is right on and there's a lot of freedom in the program, like where we do want to like platform her, empower her, and let her decide what she wants to do. Um, like our, my heart's desire is to also possibly link with some of these young leaders and have them stay long term in the org. So there's succession built internally, naturally, organically. Um, and by the way, as Paul's going to read these things down, 
as mentors, we're seeing in, in the street, you know, at a street level or in a, in a campus level early on, we're like tagging these youngsters like, dude, the, she's a leader, bro. You know, or man, this kid's charismatic. He has an ability to influence or man, he's smart. Like we need to teach him this or that, right? So shoot it, shoot it yeah. down. Yeah, so I mean, we already kind of mentioned, right? Knowing the community, right? It's always important to know those who you serve. Um, fiscal management is very important. We go through, and Josie just did her first round of fundraising. Or, Josie, do you mind sharing how you felt about that? Because that was new for you, right? Yes, it was super, super uncomfortable. But um, I got to kind of talk to different people again and just kind of um, see where they're at in life. And some people gave so graciously, which I wasn't expecting. But it was very, very uncomfortable to ask people for money. Well, what was? Yeah, yeah, you got some awesome. I remember someone sent one in the mail and I had text. I called her and she's like, you're lying. It's like, no, I'm dead serious. It's like, dude, they, they gave more than half of what I'm trying to fundraise. I was like, that's awesome. Right. And so, right. You were pumped. You're excited yes. by getting that check in the mail. Did that motivate you to keep going or how did that help you with your fundraising effort? Um, I was really nervous that I wasn't going to even reach my goals. So when that came in, it just, uh, it just meant that, like, the work that I put into my uh, pitch was worth it. And um, so, yeah, so it was really good. Yeah. And then teaching um, our apprentices on how to train employees, develop their staff, um, human resources, like the value and the importance of having a human resource officer and someone on our site, um, how to run a board. Um, because something that's really hard is, like, I mean, Josie's, what, second, third year in college, you know, 2021. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you try to get in front of a board, like older board members could be like, oh, like, who are you? Like, who's this youngster trying to come in and tell us? But that's a, that's a big learning curve and how to carry oneself in front of executives and leaders, um, leadership development, um, something very important, self-care, um, how to run meetings. And I think something that we're doing really well is like we're assigning books to Josie, books that influenced Eric, books that influenced me when it came to business and our work, um, to help understand where we come. Like one of the books I love, it's uh, called Death by Meetings by... Uh, Lincioni. Yeah, Mr. Lincioni. Um, and it was talking about, because I used to hate meetings with a passion. Um, now I enjoy meetings. Um, and it all developed out of that book. And as being a leader, like you're going to have to run meetings and manage meetings. Um there's a lot of, you know, how to procure contracts, how to set budgets, how to, why do you charge a price for your contracts and your services? So those are, you know, a lot of the beginning things that we touch and go over um, with her. And like every month, it's a different topic, different theme. Um, and so I'm just curious, Josie, like what's been one of your favorite things that you've done so far as an apprentice? Um... One of my favorites. Um, I love working with the kids. Um, I think it's kind of really interesting kind of give, meeting kids that were just in a similar place that I was in when um, I was first found. And uh, kind of being their person, like the Justice for Youth Mentors were for me. Um, but like talking about like the, all the, the not so always fun stuff. Um, yeah. I love I love just kind of just uh, getting a taste of what it's like to um, run a nonprofit and see what going all on the back end of what it means to do that. So 
shadowing Eric and seeing his everyday life. It's it's been exciting, and I um, enjoy that a lot. Yeah, so you kind of hit on. I want to ask, like, what's been some of your least favorite things having to do? Reading the books. Reading the books. <laughs> I am not a great reader, so but it's good. I see why um, I need to. So, but yeah. Yeah, that's good. Thanks for that, Josie. Um, yeah, man, I even hate reading at times. <laughs> I get you. I understand that. But there's a lot of value and importance behind there. Um, and so, Eric, what are some other things that you, not just within the apprenticeship, but like, what are things that you've noticed that are helpful um, for next-gen leaders, something that you're making sure you're doing with students, youth that you are working with, or even some of your staff um, to become the next-generation leaders? I think there's really just one thing that I can share that would summarize what next-gen leaders need. They need us to slow down. They need us to slow down, come down, get hands-on, not just tell but show, and then debrief. You know, mm -hmm. they just... And, and I think that was, for me, I experienced that most with Josie when I was asking her to review contracts. And I realized, like, dang, this is something I've been immersed in for a minute. But, like, for her, it seemed so daunting, overwhelming, intimidating. And they were so large. She was like, how am I going to get through this? The language is foreign. And I remember when I felt that way. So I sat with her. You know, we highlighted. We did a couple pages together. And just that little bit, um, right before we hopped on this podcast, we were reviewing our 990. And Josie was catching things that I didn't even catch. You know what I mean? like misspellings or like address incorrect that the address was incorrect and I'm like dang so those little keen eyes like she she's got it and she has the potential and the capacity and I really I know we're going to end this podcast but before we do I would just want to say to those youth workers that are listening like up your game and get organized and be strategic don't just say you're developing next gen leaders by kicking it with them but actually pass over things skills training, equipping, um, preparation, and and slow down. Slow down enough so that that baton can be properly passed. So be encouraged if you're listening. Um, those next-gen leaders are in the wings waiting for you, needing you to, to get ready, get organized, up your game. Um, so we're excited to hear of the fruit that comes from people who might be listening to this. Yeah, thanks. That's, that's really good, Eric. And now just, Josie, because I feel like it, yeah, it comes down to the, the leaders to slow down but also sometimes i might not realize i'm going too fast or stuff like that so i'm just curious josie like what are some questions that have helped you with learning and developing yourself that you were able to ask eric ask myself that you would encourage other youth to be asking their leaders their mentors to help better develop themselves um i don't know like questions uh I mean, whenever I, if I didn't know anything, I would just ask, like, more for more clarification or um, questions about the org that I didn't understand, like the programming or um, the the selling and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, just having, just not letting it get to you, all the information and all the, um, the stuff that's coming at you and just kind of stopping and knowing that it's okay if you don't understand it and just asking those questions. Yeah. Thanks, Josie. Yeah, I just want to encourage for both sides, like, you, you know, youth out there, ask questions. It's important to ask questions because as a leader, I forget that you might not understand something that to me is just common, like I would consider common knowledge because I've been doing it for the last 10 years, 
right? It's like, oh yeah, shoot, I had to learn that myself. Here, let me walk you through and show you how to do that. And, and leaders, like, be willing to give, you know, give out your information, share it. Um, you know, knowledge is free um, because that that's just what we want. We want to develop and help these people grow and to move forward and just become amazing because eventually we're going to die. And we need these, if we want to see everlasting and continual change, we need these next generation youth to be prepared and ready to do it. Um, so with that, I just want to thank you everyone for listening. Um, you know, please leave a review, like it, you know, share it with your friends and family. Uh, if it's been impactful or helping you in your development as a leader as well, these podcasts, um, and we'll see you guys next, uh, next month. Take care and, and be good. See you guys.